Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Today, though, I want to talk to you about an area of our mental health that many of us deal with in here. Many of us in here. Some deal with this at an extreme level. Others, periodically, you sense it coming on. You sense the triggers that start to go off. It's when you feel like the walls are closing in around you. The times when you feel so overwhelmed that you can barely function, let alone make decisions in life. For some of you here today, this is your biggest battle often not seen by others because this is the battle of the mind. You can look confident on the outside, but on the inside, highly insecure. We can put on a happy face around others, but have fear on the inside and a paralyzing fear of anxiety. Today, I want to talk about anxiety. Anxiety. Our key scripture for today's message comes from the Apostle Paul. Uh, When he writes to the church of Philippi, uh, Paul was a man acquainted with suffering and persecution and someone who battled often, we see it in his writings, with anxiety. And he really gives us this key, this key that unlocks God's peace in our lives when we feel overwhelmed. So let's go to the book of Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. And read, it says, do not be anxious about anything, about anything, but in every situation by what prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your requests to who? Oh, not Facebook. Come on, not, not Twitter. I go to God first. Yeah. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It will guard, it will guard, it will set a perimeter. It will surround you like a security system. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul, you would have thought he wrote this from some kind of resort on an island. Don't be anxious about anything. Sure, Paul. Yeah, easy for you to say. But actually, if if you study where the book of Philippians was written, he was in a Roman prison chained to a guard 24 hours out of the day awaiting trial, not knowing when his trial was going to come and not knowing what his punishment was going to be for preaching the gospel. Paul. So we have to understand that Paul discovered a key that unlocks the peace of God when battling anxiety, right? But Paul, don't be anxious about anything. Like, do do you know what day we live in? Do you know it's 2023? Is that even possible? I mean, we got bills to pay, right? Not enough money at the end of the month to pay them. Hello. We got kids to raise. We got relationships to, to... hold together and we got issues with that. We got health challenges, job stresses, inflation, and gas keeps going up. Come on, somebody. Be anxious about nothing. 
I mean, is that, that kind of funny, right? When, I read, when you really read that, be anxious about nothing. And I'd say, if, if you say in your mind, I got plenty to be anxious about, I would say you're not alone today. I, I would dare to say that people on your row feel the same way. They're worried too. They have anxiety too. Actually, in 2019, they did a study and it said that two out of three Americans said they were anxious or extremely anxious. Two out of three Americans were anxious and extremely anxious before 2020. What are they like now? But there's no generation that was impacted more during this season, these last three years, than the younger generation. Our kids, our students, our college-age kids. Actually, 91% of high school and college students report consistent and significant levels of anxiety associated with stress. 91%, which sounds about right. I have spoken to you about what God did at our youth camp a couple weeks ago, and I've, I've been busy writing you a letter. You're going to get it this week, uh, telling about all the great things and some testimonies of what God did at student camp. But when I gave that altar call, asking kids if they were in a dark place in their mental health to come forward, that's about the amount of kids that came up between 80 and 90% showed up in the altar to get prayer. And I can tell you, I can tell you that chains were broken in that altar. I can tell you young people two, three weeks later are different. I can tell you parents are coming up to us saying, thank you for putting on that camp because my child will never be the same. But anxiety is complex. It's complex. It could be psychological, could be emotional, situational, but it's always spiritual. I said, it's always spiritual. And my job is to focus on the spiritual side. I'm not a doctor. I am not a therapist. I'm a pastor. So we're going to go to God's word to find our answers as we do every week. Can I get a good amen? Because many of us, many of us have different levels of anxiety and we may be on different points on the anxiety spectrum, right? For some, for some, it's occasional anxiety. It's occasional, it, it, occasional uneasiness, occasional di discomfort, occasional stress over, over maybe a test that you know is coming up, maybe a doctor's appointment that you're, you're worked up over. It's occasional, it's a presentation, a meeting. It could be a social situation that has spiked your anxiety. And, and this is where I fall in. I, I, it's occasional for me. The, it'll pop up with me once in a while before I come out on this stage. And, and, and I, and I got to talk to God in those moments. And I'm going to give you some things that have helped me during those occasional seasons of anxiety. It's minor for some. But for others here today and others watching, it can be crushing. You've experienced the shortness of breath, the heart rate uh, escalating. You've experienced times when you can't even function in a normal capacity. And for some, it's so often that it paralyzes you to the point where you can't even leave your home. And it's real to you. But I want you to know, wherever you are on the spectrum, you need to know, first of all, that God cares and God wants to help you today. I said, God cares and God wants to help you today. I love this scripture. We've been bringing in every message, and it's Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, come to me. Just come to me if you're weary, if you're carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to me. And I want to encourage you 
to do that today through this message. As you're listening to this message, you may find yourself in this message and you may say that this is what I need to focus on and this is the area that I need to change. God cares and he knows what you're dealing with today and he brought you here today to speak to you, but not only to speak to you, but to see you walk out different. And I believe that today with all my heart. We've been seeing it every single Sunday from this series, people finding freedom in the area of your mental health. And I believe it's gonna happen today. Does anybody believe that today? What can make anxiety worse is that there are well-meaning Christians who tell us, you shouldn't feel anxious. There's something wrong with you. If you accepted Jesus into your heart, then, then you should have all the peace and all the joy And they're well-meaning Christians, but now you feel even more guilty for your anxiety. And you feel like you're doing something wrong and that you may not have a place to get help within the church and you don't know what to do or how to handle it. And the first thing I want you to know today is I want you to know that this church is here to walk with you through whatever you are facing in the area of your mental health, whether it's through prayer Through prayer, we have had an overwhelming response this month of people getting prayer, whether it's through counseling, people reaching out to our counselors, whether it's through small groups, this church is here to walk with you. The second thing I want you to know when it comes to anxiety is this, anxiety isn't a sin. Anxiety isn't a sin. If you look at Jesus, remember when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he knelt down and he said, God, is there any other way? Is there any other way? May this cross, may this cup of suffering be removed from me. And you remember he cried out and the scripture says he cried out in agony. So much so to the point where his sweat drops turned into blood as he submitted to the will of God and said, not my will, but your will be done. Our savior dealt with a level of anxiety. Anxiety isn't a sin. It's more like a symptom or a signal. It's more like a symptom or a signal. How many of you have ever had the red engine light pop up on your car? How many of you that was 20 years ago and it's still there? Don't raise your hand. I may or may not have one of those lights right now on one of my vehicles, right? And so the red warning light comes on, alerting you that there is something wrong, something wrong. When that check engine light comes on, the light isn't the problem. The light itself isn't the problem, but it is indicating that there is a problem somewhere and that you should take it to the manufacturer because the one who made it is the one who can help it. The light is an indicator. Anxiety is a signal that something wrong is happening. Something is going on inside of you. And what can happen with the check engine light, it can be on so long, (laughs) that you don't even notice anything different happening externally to your car, but internally it's breaking down and wearing and tearing the parts of your car down. And it's about to cost you a whole lot more if you don't get it taken care of. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. 
Isn't it funny how we as humans, we will make sure we get our car fixed when the light comes on, but when it's our soul, we don't wanna run to anybody to get that fixed. We're often embarrassed that we have some things going on up here. We're often dealing with some pride and we, we could, like I have, we can fall for earthly counterfeits to help us overcome anxiety. And we've all done that. We can go binge on whatever your thing is. Could be food, could be watching movies, could be a substance, could be relationships, could be a lot of things. And we often fall for the earthly counter, counterfeits, but really we need to go to God. We need to go to the one who created us. We need to allow the one that designed us allow him to define us. We need to go to the manufacturer's manual to find out how we can get fixed within our soul. Our soul represents our mind, our will, our emotions. And sometimes our soul is not well. And we need to run to the one. Prayer should not be our last resort. It should be our first resort. We should go to God first. I love Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things you didn't know. How many just believe that God knows a little bit more than you? How many believe God knows every part of you because he made you? Because the Bible says he formed you before you were in your mother's womb and gave you purpose and gave you spiritual gifts, right? And so, so Jeremiah says, hey, call unto God. Call unto him because he'll answer you and he'll show you things you didn't know about yourself. So when the warning light of anxiety comes on, it's, it's a signal alerting you and I to do what? Well, alerting you and I that it's time to pray. It's time to pray. When the light of anxiety goes off, when those triggers go off, it's alerting you and I. It's time to pray. It's time to go to the one who created us. It's time to go to the manufacturer's manual and find out what God has to say about my emotions and what I'm dealing with. Are you with me, church? If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. And if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Hmm? I heard one preacher say this, prayer is the ancient wireless system that never has dropped calls. I like that. Prayer is the ancient wireless system that has never had a dropped call. And the language that God speaks is heart. It's heart. Heart. What do you mean by that? God wants to hear your heart. God wants you to pour out your heart. Heart, that's the language he speaks. He, 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 doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't speak the language of, I'm, I'm coming to you, God, and everything's all right. And No, he wants you to be real. He wants you to pour it out from your heart. He wants to hear it from your heart. Sometimes our tears are prayers to God. Sometimes the only thing we can do is cry. And those are our prayers that go to God. God speaks heart. Share your heart with him. Every part of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the emotions you don't like about you. That's the language that God speaks. 
Well, I just don't know if God really cares about the minor things in my life. I believe he does because it says he counts the number of hairs on your head. It says that he watches out for the sparrow bird. Look at the birds, church. Look at the birds. They don't worry. What do the birds do every day? They don't worry about what they're going to eat. They go find a fat, juicy worm and they eat. If your heavenly father is taking care of the birds, how much more? Come on, church. Is he going to take care of you? He cares about you. Every small detail. I believe sometimes Christians wrongly believe God just cares about the big problems going on. Well, the world and the world terrorism and you know, the economy and the, just the big things God cares. But he cares about every detail of your life. If you're worried about that doctor's appointment, let him know. Let him know. It's a signal alerting you. It's time to go to prayer. If you're worried, young person, about which college to pick, you need to take it to God. Let him know. If you're worried about small decisions, big decisions, let him know. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's, 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 it's something that has you broken and hurting and lost and, and desperate and feeling alone. Let God know he speaks the language of heart. Share it all with him. Sometimes you'll laugh. Sometimes you'll cry. Sometimes you'll shout. Sometimes you'll do it all. Let him know. He loves you and he cares for you. Well, well, is there certain prayer rules? How do I address God? How do I speak in King James? Thou father, here is the son. Can I approach thy throne? No, just speak from your heart. Hey, daddy, I'm hurting. Speak how you speak to your best friend, to God. Don't try to make it something it's not. Don't try to be somebody else when you pray to God. He wants to hear from you in your heart. Hey, God, I'm messed up. I'm battling right now. I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. I don't know how I'm gonna handle this. Speak from your heart. What is anxiety? It's a signal alerting us to go to the one who hears our prayers. So every time that red light comes on, come on, the first thing we're gonna do, we're gonna go to prayers. We're gonna go to God. We're gonna seek him through our prayers. There is a book that was written. It's, I've read parts of it, not the entire book, but it's called Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Dr. Caroline Leaf, Switch on Your Brain. I highly suggest it. She is a born-again Christian, so she comes from not only a medical side, but a spiritual side. And she said this in her book, and I quote, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. 12 minutes of prayer for an eight-week period can change the neural paths in your brain. We talked about that a few weeks ago, the neural paths that are sending thoughts, that are sending data, uh, that are almost like a highway of your brain. It can literally change the neural paths in your brain. So that means not only does prayer touch the heart of God, but prayer changes the chemistry of your brain. That's powerful. I said, that's powerful. But is prayer the first thing we run to when we feel anxious? Most of the time it's not. But after today, come on now, we're going to change some things, right? We're going to run to the one who created it. We're going to go to the designer. When the red light starts flashing, we're going to run to God first. 
Now, this is exciting because this means that the brain is not fixed, that it can be changed. And that's good news. That's good news for some of us in here. Come on now. So you can actually create these new neuro pathways, this neuro highway. And that's why Paul talks so much in the book of Romans about renewing your mind, renewing your mind, renewing your mind every single day. You know, almost every day I plug this in to renew the battery. Come on, how many, how many plug in your phone, right? And, and what happens if you don't plug it in or your spouse unplugs the cord, <clears throat> not mentioned in any names, Tara, from the outlet because she had to plug in her iron and then you wake up and your phone is completely dead. Praise God. So we renew our phones, right? Most of us do that. Every day, we, most of us, not everybody, but we renew our bodies, amen? We wash it, we clean it. Why? Because our phone gets drained, the battery gets drained. Our bodies get contaminated. But what about our minds that are out in this world, this sinful world, going to jobs around people that are talking crazy, flipping on social media, seeing the news, flipping on the TV, seeing all the negative, toxic news. Come on, somebody. That's why Paul talks so much. Hey, every day, you gotta, you gotta give your mind a bath, <laughs> a spiritual bath. You gotta take the word, come on. It's a crazy illustration, but I'm willing to do it for your sake. And you gotta bathe your mind. You gotta get those toxic thoughts out, those thoughts of I'm not good enough, I'll never be anything, those, those lies that the enemy plants in our minds. Come on, somebody, he does it to me too. And that's why Paul said, renew, R-E, go back and do it again. The prefix R-E, re, come on. Be kind, rewind. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, what's that, mom? VCRs. What you know about it? Be kind, rewind. And so it's natural to think what could go wrong. It's natural to worry, right? That's natural. But prayer breaks that cycle. Prayer breaks that cycle because prayer is not natural, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. So instead now of meditating on the negative and really training your brain to be anxious, we talked about that. Now, by going to God first through prayer, you are training it to trust in the one who has it all worked out. You're training it to experience the peace of God in the middle of stress, worry, anxiety. You are training your mind now to take a natural problem to a supernatural God who cares and said, give me all your anxiety, I'll take it. Hmm? And Peter says it this way, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him, Jesus, because he cares. Oh, friends, I need you to know your Savior cares. He cares about what you're feeling. He cares about your emotions. Come on. You ever, you ever heard of somebody say, oh, she's just emotional mess. Oh, they're just a feeler. They're just all in their feels. Jesus was a feeler. He was all in his feel. You're going to find out at first Thursday, 39 emotions he displayed. I don't, I can't even name 20 I display. Jesus displayed 39. 
cast all your anxiety, Peter said. This is the same Peter who knew what anxiety was when Jesus said, Peter, come out of the boat. Come step on the water. And the Bible says that when he began to sink because worry and anxiety caused him to sink, and that's where some of you are right now, you're sinking. And you're sinking fast. It's like, I barely got my head above the water. I can barely, that's what it feels like. But the Bible says that Jesus put down his hand. He put down his hand. And what Peter had to do, Peter had to stretch out. And he had to grab, come on, Peter, grab the hand of Jesus. <laughs> uh, we didn't practice it. We didn't practice, it shows. But the point is, Jesus' hand is always, he cares. Peter just told us, he knew what, it was, what anxiety was. And he knew that Jesus cared. That's why he wrote it in the book. Hey, he cares. And he's reaching out. You got to grab his hand. He won't force you on him. He won't force anything. Our God is not a dictator. He is a heavenly father who loves you, who did not create us. If he wanted robots, he would have created us all the same. He wanted you for you. He loves you for you. You say, how would God love me with all the mess upstairs? He loves you. And you need to know that today. Because some of you have subscribed to a lie that because mentally you're struggling that God loves you less. And I'm here to tell you today that there's nothing you can do to change God's love. He loves you today and that love will never change. No matter, David said it this way, if I make my bed in hell, God is right there with me. Meaning if I turn my back on God, he still loves me the same. He loves you, church. You need to know that today. Cast all your cares. Cast all your cares. Some of you are thinking, I, I don't know if I can do that. It's hard for me to do that and I get that. Some of you are thinking, I can't let go of this. It's been a part of me for so long and what, what, what are others gonna think? And I would challenge you, give it to God. You can't control it. There are certain things you can control in life, but there are a lot of uncontrollables in life that you need to just submit to and give to God. And this is what I've learned. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender, Jacob. You don't always have the power to control what's happening with my mind and my emotions, but I do have the power to surrender them to Jesus, to give them to Jesus, because sometimes my emotions will lie to me. They'll lie to me. So I got to surrender them to the feet of Jesus. Medicine won't always fix it. Counseling won't always fix it. Changing your diet won't always fix it, but we can always surrender and give it to God because we know the one who created us can fix us if we just stretch out our hand and grab his hand. He cares. We have to understand that anxiety just doesn't come and take over our lives overnight. It didn't just happen. It took time for us to get there mentally in our souls, in our minds. It will take time to overcome it as well. It's a journey. It's a process. Be patient with yourself. And I have to let you know, no one can do it for you. You're going to have to fight for your own peace. This church will walk with you. These leaders will walk with you, but you're going to have to want it. And you're going to have to go battling spiritually to obtain that peace. And please know that this church, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Meaning God does not operate in worry or anxiety. He doesn't have it to give to you. Right. Yeah. People say, well, God's putting this on. No, God doesn't have it to give. 
Every good and every perfect gift comes down from your heavenly father, the Bible says. And that's not a good gift. So he doesn't have it to give because he already conquered it and defeated it upon the cross. It is Satan, your spiritual enemy, that will come and try to put these anxious thoughts into your minds, these thoughts of hopelessness, causing you to lose sleep, keeping you bound like a prisoner so that you are scared to step in to your God-given purpose because he knows what threat you will become when you step into your God-given purpose and you defeat this. So what do we do? We surrender. Someone say surrender. Because worrying is the opposite of faith, isn't it? And we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. So, so we surrender. And worry really is worshiping our problems and prayer is surrendering, surrendering our problems. So we can, we can either worry or surrender. And I say it like this. We can either worry or we can worship, but we can't do both. So I can worry and I, I mean, come on, got the t-shirt on that, bunch of them, tired of them. I can worry about this. Or when the indicator light goes off and alerts me that something's going on, I can worry about that or I can take it to worship and I can give it to the one who already conquered it. I can take it to the feet of my savior, the one who already died upon the cross for that, the one who already paid the ultimate price. So I'm gonna surrender through prayer my problems. I'm gonna surrender through prayer my worry. I'm gonna surrender through prayer fear. I'm gonna surrender through prayer the future and all the things that are on my heart and mind. Here's what I know, church. There's no storm. God won't bring you through. There's no obstacle that God won't help you overcome. There's no enemy that God won't defeat. There's no heartache that God can't heal. I want to say that today. We've experienced a lot of brokenness in the last couple of weeks in our church. Sudden deaths. Be doing another funeral on Tuesday, 26 year old, tragically killed in a car accident. But I need to know family that is here, I see you guys. There's no heartache. That God won't heal. And there's no anxiety that God won't bring his peace to. I know it's anxious times. I feel it as a pastor. I feel it as your leader. I feel it. I'm learning every time when I feel it. I gotta go. I gotta go to the book. I gotta go to the manufacturer's manual because here's the answers that'll help me. I gotta go to the one that created me. Jacob, go to the one that designed you. Let him define you. Don't go to your emotions. Don't go to what you feel all the time. Go to him. Be anxious for nothing. I did this last week. I've been instructed again to do it. I want you to hold your hands out, everybody, just like this. As you close your eyes. We're gonna go to God. As we hold our hands out, inside those hands, right now you're placing your anxieties. You're placing those things that trigger you. For some, it's, it's fear. It's fear. For some, it's, the fear of the future. 
For others, it's worry. For some, it's your past and you feel like God can't forgive you. I've done too many bad things. For others, it's the view of yourself. The view of yourself. You put yourself down. You're not enough. You never will be to people. For others, it's finances. Some, it's relationships. Some, it's a trauma. It's a broken heart. For some, it's your job. For some, it's your family relationships. I want you to place them in your hands right now. I want you to see them in your hands right now. You don't have the power to control them. They're in your hands right now. You you can't work it out, but you have the power to surrender them to a loving Savior. So Lord, we thank you for your word that says be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we present our request to you, God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it goes beyond our understanding, will guard, it will protect, it'll put a fortress around our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I want you to say this, church, watch it online, say, I choose peace. The peace of God will guard my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Jesus, you told me that when I'm carrying something heavy, when I have worries, that I could throw them to you. I could cast them to you because you care for me. So in the spirit right now, I throw those worries to you. I throw that anxiety to you and I release it right now. And I ask for your peace to guard my mind and to guard my heart in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Very important part of our service. Unless you are moving to a serving position, I would ask everyone to stay calm for just a moment. Souls are really hanging in the balance here. And we don't want to be disruptive of what God wants to do. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it would be the highlight of our day to pray with you, to invite you into a relationship. It's the very first step on your spiritual journey. It's not the last. And this church was designed to walk with you on all the other spiritual steps that you have. But this is the most important, that you acknowledge your need for the Savior, that you acknowledge that you have sins and that Jesus paid for them upon the cross. You put your faith in him. It's a turning away from one lifestyle and gaining a brand new lifestyle. Today, if that's you, you say, I've been searching, I've been looking trying to fill this void. Every human being has a God-sized void in their heart and we wrongly try to fill it with relationships and money and success, and, but it'll never get filled because it's only made for God. Once you invite him in, he fills that void and everything begins to change from the inside out. Or maybe you're here today and you're a Christian and you've just fallen away and you, you know it, your heart's not right and today you came here. It's been a long time maybe since you've been in church or Maybe you're here every week, but you just know there's sin in your life. I want to give you an opportunity to make that right today. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed and we're not here to embarrass anybody, we're here to lift you up and celebrate with you today. 
But if you're here and you say, Jacob, that's me. If you're watching online, I wanna include you. Say, I need Jesus. I need to renew, rededicate my life to him. It's time right now. Right now is the time. I just want you to slip up your hand so I could see it and then you can put it right down. We're not gonna call you up front or embarrass you or anything like that. I just wanna see that hand real quick. Throw that up if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you over here. I see those hands. Thank you, thank you. See those hands in the back. I see your hand back there. Hands going up in every section. If If you're thinking about it, if you're unsure where eternity is, if you're to take your last breath, do you know where you stand with God? I want to make sure it is well with your soul before you leave here. If it isn't, throw up that hand. I want to pray with you. Throw up that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Awesome. Church, let's all pray with them. Say, Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. I repent of those sins today. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody put your hands together and welcome our new family members. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.